All right. So you talk for a living for like 20 years in court every day, right? Yes. Like you've been a professional cross-examiner. Yes. So why were those interviews slightly awkward? Today's process is this. Curiosity kills the validation cat. Sit back, relax. Let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, online entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. Because this place is filled with monsters and bandits, here comes your first warning. Although I am a lawyer, this podcast is not for legal advice. In order to work with me, you must have a signed agreement. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All right, let's enter the understory. Remember, admission is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on paper, on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. I hope you're doing great today. We're doing a little pandemic podcasting. I got the blind dog, Lily, uh, who is in the, uh, her dog carrier sleeping so you may hear her snoring and that's going to lead into a funny story from yesterday and uh yeah garage bunker mama mama the wife Kristen, and the two children are here maddie's getting ready to go to art school today art and handwriting today is what she's got today at 11. so i'm getting uh, the podcast in uh, before uh, she goes and does that so all right little story so we have yesterday we completed our second interview of the podcast and um came out the first two interviews came out with two heavy hitters. We came out with uh, Dana Derricks, the Dream 100 master, and uh, Steve Larson, the master of offer creation. And both of them are huge, heavy, heavy hitters in um, the online entrepreneurial space. They both they both keynoted at, uh, I don't know if you call them keynoted, but they both spoke at Funnel Hacking Live, which is basically the Super Bowl of online marketing. And both of them are, I would say, in the inner circle of Russell Brunson. And Russell Brunson, if, if he's the king, then these guys uh, of online marketing, which he is, then these guys are, I would say, sort of princes, if you will. And so they're A-level, A-level, uh, A-level sort of, I guess you'd call them celebrities in the space, okay? Um, influencer, celebrity, whatever. And so uh, I was really honored to have them both on my podcast to sort of start off the interview portion. And so... What I part of the process and the framework that I work with and that is that I teach people is the process of review, reframe, restart. And so obviously after I did I had two kind of interviews in the bag in the can, I decided I'd kind of take a look at that. And I'm happy with the interviews. So I always ask two questions of all my interviews. One is is do you have a framework for dealing with adversity? And uh, Steve Larson gave a great gave a great answer to that. He actually has a, a, a his own personal framework that he gave for that. And then um, the other one is uh, have you ever learned something outside of business that you've applied in business, which is from the side learning, which is another thing that I teach. And so Dana had a great answer in that with regards to just talking about um you know things that you know things that he learned outside of business and then kind of applied applies back to business and so um, they, they both had great answers to everything I really enjoyed their answers however there was a slight there was a slight awkwardness to the interview part of the awkwardness was from Lily the blind dog who kept snoring during Steve Larson's interview and I my here's my choice here's my Hobson's choice is I can have Lily in here with me and she's 
sometimes snores, as you know, um, or I can have Lily in the house and then she will come and scratch at the door uh, to get into the garage bunker because she always wants to be with me. And I love that about my dog. Um, I'm the only person she barks at. It's weird. Like, I'm the only person that she wants to be with, and I'm the only person that she barks at. She doesn't bark at my wife because my wife doesn't play that. And, um... And so it's an interesting relationship the dog and I have. And so I always try to remember that she's a little older now and she's 12. And so we don't know how much longer we're going to have have her around. So I try to appreciate the fact that she always wants to be with me. Same with my children. Like when they want to be with me, I'm like, look, my daughter really wants to be with me right now. And she's like a little daddy's girl. And she's not always going to be that way. She's, you know, when she hits a certain age, you know, they hit the teenage years. Now it's a little advanced. I think when they're like 10, they, they kind of, that's when they start not wanting to be around you. Um, you know, I only have a few more years with her where she's like really wants to be with me. So I have to remember that and, and remind myself to be patient and and not not be not feel as if it's a distraction, that it's a divine. It's a divine interruption that it's uh, I have a chance to either invest in our relationship or have inspiration for what she's trying to tell me. So in any event, but for Lily, though, Lily's a dog. And so she doesn't get the quite the divine in, in, interruption treatment that my kids do. So. I'm sitting there and I'm interviewing Steve Larson and he's going on and doing his thing and, and she's like snoring and I'm muting myself and he's kind of like, it's weird because I keep muting myself. And then um, I'm throwing a pen at her, not a pen at her, but a pen in her general area to try to wake her up. I'm not trying to hit her with the pen, PETA people. Don't get upset with me. And I'm like moving my leg back from the chairs, hoping you can't see me in the screen, trying to push the dog bed a little bit. So that was fun. Uh, but that wasn't the biggest problem with the interviews. The biggest problem with the interviews was, one, I used the term fanboy in both interview. And it was funny because I was, I was feeling... Starstruck is too strong of a word, right? Because it's not like I was interviewing, um, you know, pick some famous movie star who you think is cool, right? It's, it's, I wasn't starstruck necessarily, but it definitely, I definitely was in a situation to where they were authorities in an area that I'm not an authority. I'm not an authority in internet marketing. That's not my, that's not my gig. Now I help internet marketers. I help, I help entrepreneurs, but I don't, teach how to do the dream 100 i don't teach offer creation i don't so i definitely have learned so much from those two guys and it's they're both like way younger than me too so it was it was it was interesting like i was really in a like like in a fan position okay and so it was fun it was great like i like um i get to see dana every week because i'm in his mastermind so i was a little less of a fanboy with him than i think i was with steve larson because i've i've watched steve larson for like two years all the way from the one funnel away challenge i did two years ago and i've taken a couple of his classes and so when you have a platform online when you publish online you do create your own show and so uh i was it was really interesting and so then i had to go back and say like all right well listen like i have been in court in the trenches every day for 20 years okay i have dealt with every manner of people and i've never been in intimidated and I think I was slightly intimidated by by doing an actual podcast with both of them and so I had to explore that I was like well why is that and I talk a lot about the validation trap okay and the validation trap is real and it's not something where you just decide to yourself oh I'm going to I'm going to like not just do that anymore so basically what the validation trap is this is that you depend upon others to give you permission for something and that's terrible in all circumstances, like you, you give away your dignity of choice. You give away your divine right of choice to others if you ask for their validation. Now, I'm not saying that you just do whatever the fuck you want and you're just like everyone can go fuck themselves and you're like I don't really care what anyone else thinks, 
right? Like, no, that, that I, I, I have lived that way in my life before, uh, I'm sad to say, for a lengthy period of time, and that leads to nothing but frustration and pain for you and everyone around you. So, and it, it requires a level of immaturity and entitlement that is quite high. Now, so, and if you engage that validation trap, it's puts you up in a really weird situation to where you don't care what anyone thinks, but you're always asking everyone else for their for their permission of validation. And so you create a trap for yourself, which is impossible to get out of, and you're never happy. And so now I'm not doing that necessarily. I'm not asking them for like sort, sort of happiness validation or what I should do, but I, I almost am at, in those interviews, I had a slight and maybe to you it was overt, so I'm being kind to myself. I had a slight tinge of, uh, hey, do you like my hair? <laughs> right? Like I just went to the hair salon. I just got my nails done. I just got my hair done. And uh, I take a look at my husband and I say, do you like my hair? There, I was channeling my wife there for a second. Because there's only one right answer to that. And the answer is yes. And my wife has this really, oh, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. I've never seen it more beautiful than it does look right now. Right? But then that's a trap too because then you get the, but you don't think my hair normally looks great? Normally looks good? You'd be like, no, your hair always looks good. But you did a really, but the, the hairdresser did a great job. Like that's the kind of the, the little wiggle that I use. No, your hair always looks good. But the hairdresser did a great job today. And that way it's kind of like as a little bob and weave right there and I don't get in trouble. Because my wife turns on her hair in like three seconds. Like one of the biggest, it's so funny, one of the biggest um, sets of discussions we have is finding a hairdresser for my wife or a hairstylist or whatever you want to call it. Because my wife uh, has, she says she has very difficult hair to cut. And it is, it's thick and it's luxurious and, and uh, like whatever. So yeah, it's like, it's hard to cut, it's hard to layer. Uh, but my wife is also very particular about her hair. And so there's a lot of uh, discussion in my household about finding her a good hair person. And whenever there's a haircut, she turns on it immediately. She will always turn on it 100%. So it's just the, the more skilled the hairstylist, the longer it takes for her to turn on it. Sometimes she comes home and she's almost crying because her hair is so jacked up, which I've seen. By the way, she's we've had some some hairstyling challenges uh, finding a good hairstylist for her. Uh, but anyway, so but yeah, so it's like I was kind of like my wife like that, like, hey, do you like my hair? Right. And um, because I'm still finding my way in the messaging, I'm still finding my way in the platform. I'm still finding my way in terms of um, attracting people to the message. I, I have 100 percent belief and faith in what I'm doing. The vehicle to present it is what I'm working on right now. So don't don't take my hesitation as doubt as to what my offer is, because I know for a fact that it's worked. It works. I've validated it myself personally. Like I've changed my whole life this way. And um, but however, the one thing I think one of the reason is, is that I haven't been super clear on the problems I've solving. So I kind of did a deep dive and I and I I'm going to be making some changes in terms of the the sort of the um, the target of the podcast and then sort of my offering and I'm going to narrow it down. I'm going to niche down. And I say that, I say that, um, that my, my, my mission is to help move entrepreneurs towards their creative power. And that's true. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to add one word in there that may lose me every single person that's listening right now. And that is, is the messaging must get niched down even further because the set of problems that I solve are very narrow and they're for a very specific person. And that person is this, the, the, the addition of the word is this, and it's, I help move male entrepreneurs towards their creative power. 
I help move male entrepreneurs towards their creative power. And the reason why is this is that my from the side learning that I do is specifically tailored for connections for men to women, meaning helping men get their wives on board, helping men if they've got a, if it's not a wife, but it's a girlfriend or a significant other, get their girlfriend on board. Like my message and everything that I do revolves around getting women on board with what their man is doing. And the reason why it's so specific to that, and it's not like a more general your family or your brother or your siblings, but more specifically, whereas like your part, your female partner on board is this, is that men and women, I'm going to give you a little newsflash here that generations and thousands of years that people have known, but men and women are different. I hate to break this to you. Just, they're just different. And what men seek out and what they want is sometimes in opposition to what women need and want. And so the biggest trap that men make in the commerce trap is they think the, their business is going to save them. They think their business is going to save their marriage and they think their business is going to fix their connection issues. And it's just not. It will destroy your it will destroy your marriage. If that's what you think, if that's if you think that you just need a few more months or a year and your once your business is in, is in um, in better shape or you have a business, like if you're in a nine to five and you have a business or you're being commoditized by the gig economy, and you just got to get more business and that's going to fix your shit with your wife. You're wrong. It's and, and you'll never be able to get your business to where you need it to be in any event because your your wife will will not support you to the level that you need her to support you. You think you need your wife to support you. You need your wife to respect you. And respect must be earned. And respect from your wife is earned not in the commerce area of your life. Respect for your wife is earned in the connections area. And and the validation trap comes into effect is that where if you're trying to build a business to fix everything, so then you look to your wife for validation for what you're doing. And your wife doesn't give a fuck about what you're doing 90% of the time. She cares about the result, okay? And the result in business, she doesn't even care about the result in business. I, I should take that back. She cares about the result in business secondly. Her number one concern is security and people first immediately go to financial security no that's the that is the that is the trap of commerce to think that your financial that you making the money is going to make your wife feel more secure wrong your wife needs to feel secure in your relationship and the way that you earn that security the way that you earn her trust to feel secure is that you fucking listen to her now men and women are different but not all women are the same they're all very different. And so your wife, whatever her issues, bugaboos, desires, wants, needs, platitudes, whatever, they're all different than my wife. But she has them. And you may be and, and you may be paying lip service to it. You're like, yes, wait, I understand. My wife and family are the most important thing to me. That's why I work so hard. That is a false belief that we must break. The hardest work you should do should not be in your commerce. That's it's yes, you should work hard in your business, but the hardest work that you're that you're going to need to do is to understand your fucking wife because you and your wife are not the same. Men and women are different. And if you do not solve the the wife challenge, it's not a problem. 
it's the biggest challenge of your life. You know, I, Dana Derek said something last week that really stuck with me. He says, you can be a writer, you can be happy. So you can try to uh, persuade, convince, cajole, force your wife through like some power dynamic to think that what you think is the most important thing, which is your business is the most important thing or the finances is the most important thing. And that's just simply not the case. It is a symptom. And the entanglements that you have created in your life with your wife will destroy your business and destroy your marriage if left unattended. You may not get divorced, but you're going to have like, you're going to become roommates and you're going to mail it in. And we have come so close to that because of my not understanding, my conflating business success with respect, right? I don't want my wife to respect me for business success, right? That is, that is irrelevant to me. I want my wife to respect me for how I treat her and how I address what she needs and help her get what she needs. Well, Luke needs something, maybe some blueberries right now. He's upset. But whatever that is, right? And it's different for everyone's wife. Whatever that is, is specific to her because she has her own set of experiences that's formed her and from like genetics and environment and all of that. And so like she is a puzzle that must be solved. And that puzzle must be solved before I can solve the business puzzle. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and so there's plenty of places for female entrepreneurs to go. I'm not saying you can't listen. I'm not saying that that um, from the side learning doesn't work for you. I'm not even saying that women don't need to get their husbands on board for their entrepreneurial journal. I'm not saying that, but I don't really fucking know how to do that, right? Because men are pretty simple. Actually, I do know how to do that. Men are pretty simple. Tell your husband exactly what it is that you want and then uh, reward him with his with your respect when he uh, does that, when he helps you get what you want and give him your respect because he's he's putting your needs first. There, boom. I just solved your problem, ladies. Because that's all men want. People think that men want sex all the time or people think that men want silence or food or all that, that, that sort of cliche bullshit. That's not true. They want respect. But here's the problem with respect. Respect must be earned. It's not given. My wife doesn't owe me shit. She does not owe me respect. She does not need to give me respect. I need to earn it. And it is not earned by business success and commerce success. It is earned by connection success. That's it. I'm not even, I may talk about my kids, but that's a whole nother bugaboo that you and your wife have to decide on together. One moment, please. So it may sound like I'm going off on a tangent there, but I'm not. And the reason is I'm gonna bring it back to this whole thing about these interviews that I did. So I was asking them subtly for, for validation. That's why like I was doing the weird, like I'm a fanboy. Like I am kind of a fanboy. I'm fans of them, but I don't, but I'm doing my thing, right? They can't validate what I'm doing. They don't even fucking know. <laughs> Stephen Larson, when I was doing the, hey, Rangers, what's up? He's looking at me like, what? He's, he's, he doesn't get he doesn't get it, right? Because he's not in my world. He's, he, he knows me through, through some Facebook comments that I did and that interview. That's it. He, has, he doesn't have the education bridge to know what I'm trying to accomplish, right? He doesn't know about the understory. He doesn't know about the fighting the monsters and bandits. He doesn't know about on paper and purpose. He doesn't know about plan growth experience. He doesn't know about commerce connections and creations. He doesn't know any about that. He's just doing me a solid by appearing on my show for some guy he doesn't know because that's what he does. He, he appears on anyone's show who asks him basically and has anything legitimate a show. And that's awesome. So Dane is a little more forgiving because Dane, I see Dane every week. He knows I, I get enthusiastic and a little squirrely, but I can't be asking them for validation. And just like you can't be asking your wife for validation and I can't be asking them for respect because I haven't built the platform yet. I haven't earned that respect. So 
it is in a situation where I had a misunderstanding of my position in the interview. And the, the lesson is, is that where you're positioned in terms of when you're dealing with someone else in a relationship and what's, because that's when you're interviewing someone, you have a short, quick relationship, right? Like a, like a one night stand of interview, right? Where it's just like, okay, Stephen Larson doesn't know me. There's some ground rules. And frankly, I was breaking the ground rules by getting too personal. Like I was asking for like almost a fan, hey, sign my autograph, right? And that's not what the purpose of an interview is. The purpose of an interview and the way that I sort of figured it out through my working papers and through the Ranger journals, the Frills journals, that is that it's curiosity. I just need to be curious. I really did want to know his answer to the adversity uh, framework. I really did want to know if he's ever learned anything outside because adversity and um, from the side learning are really important to me. Those are important topics. I think it can help you. And so I'm, I'm collating answers from every person I interview to those two questions because those are evergreen questions, evergreen answers, right? It's not like, hey, do you like Facebook ads or or Instagram or TikTok. No, those are not evergreen. But what is evergreen is do you have a framework for adversity? And have you ever learned anything outside of business that can help me in business? A lesson that maybe maybe shift my mindset and think about it differently quickly because we're talking about something totally outside where I have a commerce consciousness. All right. Let me expand my commerce consciousness by doing things outside of commerce. And so I truly believe in those two things. Well, I have faith in that. Absolutely. And and the thing, like I said, is so so what solves the validation problem is curiosity, both in a small relationship, like a new relationship or even a brief relationship, which is uh, an interview that I did or with your wife. You've got to be curious about your wife. Just like in Titanic, a woman's heart is an ocean of secrets like your woman, your, your woman, your wife, your woman. Your wife, like I'm a caveman, your woman must be ocean of secrets. Um, your, your wife uh, is a complex, sophisticated creature. And I mean creature in the best sense. I don't mean like an animal. I mean like a, like a creature in the sense of creation, right? And um, she is different than you. It's, it's uh, like... There's a movie called Last of the Mohicans, which I really like. And book is also good. There's a book. Uh, you heathens, go read a fucking book. And um, God, see, I'm already, I feel better about talking just to just to the guys. Not because it's like locker room talk, but because it's, I, it's a guy expresses, express, a, guy, a man ex, expresses affection for another man by busting his balls. Um, so I can be like, you heathens, go read a book, right? And you can't really say that to the ladies because it's kind of disrespectful unless you know them really, really well. But you can you can bond with a guy over over a you know over a gin fizz and and uh, some barbecue and talk about sports and then insult him and be fine, right? And that's kind of my personality, so I'm safer in that realm. Go read a book, you heathens. Um, and so, but your the the key, you know, your your wife is is a magical creature like a fucking unicorn because she, you are not the same. And there's all this thing about culture, about how society is trying to tell you that men and women are the same. And it's just this, the societal stuff. That's an attempt to control you. That is an attempt to break down the institutional, um, the institution of marriage is what that is. And because the institution of marriage threatens certain segments of people who want to have power over you with aggregate power and not give power to individuals and individuals who are together as a team, because there's nothing more powerful than a man and woman. Um, I should say this. There's nothing more powerful than two people coming together as a team. 
there is there is there is something about two people coming together as a team. I don't care if it's a man and a man, a woman and a woman, or a man and a woman, right? Two people who want to be married and bring themselves together, right? I don't really care. Okay. I, I take no political or religious position on 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 that. It's not my that's not my wheelhouse. And if, if you don't want to listen to me because I hold that view, that's fine. Um, but that whether what other people are doing doesn't impact you. Okay. So the idea though that men and women are the same is an attack on the institution of traditional marriage. So traditional marriage is between a man and a woman, right? That's how it's always been viewed, right? But marriage itself is still an institution. And regardless of how you define it, like take the word traditional out, marriage, two people banding together, it's unstoppable. And I am totally open to two people getting married. And the institution, the purpose of marriage is for people to get together and have a family. And um, I'm a little in the weeds here, so I'm going to kind of move out of here because this, this goes down a whole rabbit hole that gets really confusing and conflicting and, and um, is a cause for a lot of um, cause for a lot of consternation and discord and conflict. And I don't want to engage in that. If two people want to if two people who love each other want to get together and like do their thing, fine. But don't tell me how to do my thing. And my thing is uh, my wife and I bonding together and trying to trying to kick some ass, right? And so, and I don't do a podcast based upon those other types of marriage because I it's not the marriage that I'm in. So this marriage is going to be about men married to women because women and men are different. And maybe it gets me flamed and canceled or whatever. I don't know. But that's the only problem I know how to fucking solve. I don't know how to solve the the variations of that issue. <laughs> that's above my pay grade. So that's for somebody else to solve. Go to a different podcast if you want that solution. Or if it's the fact that I don't really give a shit what other people do, uh, if that offends you, um, then go to a different podcast. Because I, I choose to give other people the grace that I ask for you to give to me. Because I don't run a perfect marriage by any way, shape, or form. But I will say this, is that I have discovered that there are elements to it and guardrails of it that must be dealt with if I want to have anything in my life to be successful. And that is that my wife, I'm not even talking about my kids. Like, my wife must come first before my kids. And that's also controversial. And the reason is, is because if my wife goes down, the whole ship goes down. Your kids can go in the tank and they can hold, they can do a tantrum all day long, but shit's still going to get done if mom's in charge. If, if mom goes in the tank and kids are acting perfectly, everything still goes in the fucking tank. So like, look, like curiosity, curiosity is what kills the validation cat. And just like in my interview, I just needed to be curious about Steve Larson and, and really curious about it. And I don't really give a shit if he he's not. I don't have the platform to have earned his respect at all yet. Dana knows me a little bit better because I deal with him every week, but I still don't have the platform. I'm still just a, a new a neophyte. Right. And the dream 100 for what he does. So so he can respect me as a student. Right. But I don't I don't need to get his respect for what I'm doing because he doesn't he doesn't fully understand it yet because he hasn't run through it all yet. So curiosity kills the cat, but it's the validation cat. And so what I want you to understand is that like, look, like I'm going to redo the, the intro and the outro. I've, I've, I've narrowed it down to, I serve male entrepreneurs and I help them move towards their creative power. 
okay? Um, probably going to be male married entrepreneurs or you're driving to be married. Like you either are going to, you got, here's, here's what it is. You want to be married? You're married or you want to be married? That's what it fucking is. Because if you're, listen, I was a single guy. I did not get married until I was, four, what am I? I'm 47 and I've been married for seven, burgundy. What? No, it's right here. 2012. So eight years. I've been married for eight, eight long years. But I was with my, been with my wife for 12. So like, you know, so eight years ago, I was 39. So I got married when I was 39. So I was holding off in marriage as long as humanly possible. So I am an expert. I am an expert in the single bachelor mind because I held off until I was almost 40. And I was a pure bachelor until I was 40. Like I had no desire to get married at all. Came close. Nah, never. Talking about my wife. And so I'm telling you that mindset, the pure bachelor mindset is not going to benefit from what I'm doing. However, if you think you may want to get married, then you'll benefit from what I'm talking about. So those are the two married or want to be married male entrepreneurs. I help them move towards their creative power because you're putting a lot of your, you're putting a lot of your creative power on the, on the shelf because you're going all rational and you're using your big fucking brain, whatever size it is. It's, it's big enough. <laughs> your brain fucking animals. Um, yeah, it's funny niching down and just picking like the male entrepreneurs totally changes the the messaging in terms of just my ability to, to say what I think about what I'm thinking because I don't have to parse anything. So it's freeing and it's part of the discovery process because it's uh, the problems that I've defined that I can solve that I've like elite at solving. I went through that today and I was like, holy shit, two of them are in connections and two of them are in business. I thought for sure they would all be in business, but it's, it's the two of them are in connections and two of them are in business. And then there's a creation. There's some creation problems I solve too, but the creations, the creation stuff is sort of this, the tactic but we'll get more into that in the messaging. I'm just excited that I don't go on the tank for a week because I'm like, I'm a fanboy, And then I fucking, you know, don't do anything. But no, I have a framework where I was like, all right, well, we just restart. Not starting over. And that was necessary to have those two interviews. It was necessary to be kind of a dipshit and realize, oh, I'm in a validation trap right here and just fix it. And that's how powerful and how quick you can flip things around. And that's why you can do things so fast. Review, reframe, restart. And you're not starting over. It's not like a, oh, I've got to, I've got to like, so here we go. Starting over again. Is it going to work? No, it's a process. There's no starting over in a process. There's no end in the path of understanding. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, for the love of God, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper. And what I want you to do is I just want you to write down, am I curious about my wife or my serious girlfriend if you're not married yet? Am I curious about my wife? Because curiosity kills the validation cat. And just remember, there is no end if it's in the path to understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. 
I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper, on purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together, a place free of entanglements, a place with a bedrock foundation, and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.